Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast episode. Okay, so you guys, we've already talked about my date with, my mom's got a date with a vampire. We've talked about Brink. We've talked about a can of worms and another movie. (laughs) We've talked about those. Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about two other Disney decoms. And that is going to be Ready to Run, which I believe released in either 1999 or 2000. And then we are going to talk about Quince, which also dropped in 2000, if Ready to if Ready to Run dropped that at that time too. Okay, so first we're going to start with Ready to Run. And let me get you started and situated on these characters, okay? So we have um, the horse, whose name is Thunder Jam. We have Sonia, who is going to be a mother. We have Hector, who's going to be like sort of like a stable guy like he runs a stable we have um i'm trying to think of his name now i'm sorry we have um b moody i think his name is who is going to be like sort of a b moody or mooney who's going to be like a kind of like cowboy and then we have the main character Corey, who's going to be the young girl who wants to ride the horse okay so that's what who the characters are She's Sonia's daughter. All right, so here we go. So the movie um, starts off with a horse named Thunder Jam. And Thunder Jam is basically like, he's not a winning horse. He's never won a race in his life, but he does participate in like horse races. And so he's kind of like a dead last kind of horse. Um, But he also, I think, like stays at Hector's like stable. He's owned by like this kind of like sleazy sort of like horse race kind of guy, whatever. And, um, we meet our character of Corey, who basically works for Hector at his, like, you know, his ranch or whatever. Um, in the stables, she's, she's like an exercise trainer for the horse, for the horses. Her father was in, in horse racing as well. Um, and so she, she really appreciates horses and she, she's really into them. Um, in the beginning of the film, we find out that they want to put a horse down. It's not Thunder Jam, but it's another horse that they want to put down. And she's kind of like, no, look, you can't do this. You know, it's a nice horse, blah, blah, blah. And Hector's like, you know, don't get involved. We have our own problems, yada, 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 you know, because she works underneath him. Um, the mother, Sonia, works at a restaurant. And she also lives with uh, Sonia and, and Corey also live with Corey's younger brother, whose name I am forgetting. And Sonia's grand, or not Sonia's grandmother, uh, Corey's grandmother um as well um it's clear that Corey has like a big dream she has big dreams of being um a jockey she loves horses again her father was a jockey um we even find out that Hector and her father worked together at one point and uh Hector worked with with her father who was once a jockey he he died I believe um in a horse race or something like that so the mother is very like you know I don't want my daughter being into horse racing although the family is clearly into it I mean when we first meet the grandmother and her little brother they are watching a horse race and by the way the little brother is wearing her underwear on his head and I'm girl I was like no 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 movie no that that's not necessary but yeah her little brother ends up wearing um her underwear on his head because apparently his underwear just won't work I didn't write it uh they did um anyway let me see if I trying to see if I can like right so yeah so Corey works at the stable keep um let's see I already mentioned that her dad was a jockey I'm I'm reading the the um 
the, the, the notes that I put. So yeah, so Corey's mom, Sonia, is like totally against her, um, you know, wanting to be um, a, a horse jockey because of what it did to the father. However, the grandmother is very much like, you know, I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But yeah, the mom is basically like putting her foot down. And what I like about this um, is that like, I understand the mom's point of view and I like her point of view. However, comma, I also love the fact that like this movie isn't like, oh, well, you're a girl and girls don't do that. I love that it's not a sexist reason that she has like an actual legitimate reason as to why she doesn't want her daughter doing this. And that's because she lost her husband. It's not because it, she's a girl, which I think is like a really big step up. Normally it's, you know, well, that's not what girls do. So that's, you know, normally what, what, what's uh, thrown their way. So I like that this is not the same thing that makes me happy. Um, and so anyway, so, so getting back to the horse, there was a horse that was going to be killed. Um, and you know, Corey's like, I don't like that. I'm you know going to go. So she ends up going to the, the stable, which I think is, takes place in Arizona, this story. Anyway, so she ends up going into the stable where the horse is being kept for the night before it dies. Um, and so she ends up freeing the horse and in freeing the horse, she somehow like magically kind of taps into her horse senses. I said what I know that's a different movie, but I said what I said, her horse senses. And <laughs> then something happens and I did not see it coming. The animal starts speaking to Corey. That's what I said. The animals start speaking to Corey. Corey can now understand the animals, particularly Thunder Jam, who is the main character. So it's, even though she gives, like, she frees this random horse, that in that, like, kind of enacts her powers, we start hearing from her talking to Thunder Jam. And Thunder Jam is actually played by a comedian. I forgot his name, but he was actually, like, a pretty big comedian at one point. Um, so it was kind of interesting to hear him play in this. He's done a whole bunch of other parts, too, but that's, I can't pinpoint anything that he's really been in. But yeah, he was, he's the voice of Thunder Jam. And we even find out that one of the other horses in this movie is actually voiced by Sinbad, another comedian. And I was like, wait a minute, Disney got Sinbad to come in here and do this and be a side character horse, not even the main horse, but like a side character. Okay, Disney, like, okay, Sinbad, whatever. Um, and so yeah, once again, we are, um, we are now introduced to this boy named B. Moody. So basically we find out that, um, uh, Hector's like he can't really run the stable for too much longer he's not making a lot of money and he needs kind of a good gimmick for himself and so you know he's got a horse and so they decide that there's this boy who is trying to find himself like some management he, he's trying to you know he's trying to get into horse racing um and so he ends up getting an agent and the agent comes to Hector and is like, hey, you know you could use this guy as a jockey for one of your horses it'd be really good if you used him and Hector's like, no, 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 he's very, he's too showy for me. I'm not really interested. And so they end up like kind of trying to make a deal with him. But Hector's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Um, and so yeah, so he's, you know, they're trying to get him to stay afloat because they realize, Hey, you're kind of in a, a, uh, financial situation here. Um, and so anyway, so, you know, Corey's freaking out because Corey's like, I can talk to animals now. Like, what am I doing? Why am I talking to these horses? Like, this is crazy. I, I can't believe it. And we end up finding out from her grandmother when she has like, a conversation with her that actually it's a gift that Corey has. And it's been passed down from her father 
to her. And not everybody gets it, but like some people get that gene um, or get, you know, get whatever it is that, that connects into the horse. And, and it means that you're one with the animals and stuff. So her grandmother's fully on board with this idea. And so Jesse starts like really kind of like speaking to uh to thunder uh thunder jam and all that kind of stuff so it's kind of it's it's kind of interesting i i think it's kind of interesting um so anyway there's another race that comes up and you know she's trying to kind of calm thunder jam but he ends up losing the race again he he can't get out of the starting gate he's really bad at that and so you know that's when his his like shady shifty um horse dealer wants to kill him to make you know some type of profit back and you know of course um um Corey's not into that Corey hates the the idea so Corey ends up making a deal with him he ends up saying like you know I would I would basically like trade him for peanuts like just just talking crap about him and so Corey's listening and she's like hey I've got peanuts you said you trade him a deal's a deal. And so this guy's like, you know what? Like, you can have him. And honestly, you overpaid for him, meaning that he's not even worth the peanuts in the, in the thing. So, you know, he walks away. He's upset, blah, blah, blah. And Corey's like, awesome. I can't believe it. I have a, I have a horse. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> the only problem is there's no place for, to, for her to put him because she doesn't have a stable. So, you know, she ends up telling the mom, like, I have a horse. And the mom is like, no, you can't have a horse. We have nowhere to put him, blah, blah. And of course, Hector steps in and Hector's kind of like, well, you know what? I have room in my stable. He can stay in the stable and it'll be fine. And, you know, Corey's convinced that this, this horse is going to race. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to make him a real race horse, except for the fact that, you know, nobody wants her to race. Like Hector doesn't want her racing. Her mother doesn't want her racing. So the idea of him being a race horse is not going to happen. Um, we, like, you know, Corey ends up talking to Hector and Hector's kind of like, nope, the horse is not going to be a racer. And even if the horse is a race horse, it won't be you that, uh, races him, but he's not going to be a race horse because Hector or not Hector, uh, because Thunder Jam doesn't have it in him. He's kind of a joke. So it's not going to happen. Um, eventually though, like with, with her talking to Thunder Jam and her riding him, Hector kind of sees that Thunder Jam does have a potential to race. However, comma, once again, it will not be with her, even though the only person he's ever seen, like, you know, Thunder Jam perform well with was Corey. He refuses to let Corey ride. And a big part of that is because her mom, her mom is like, nah, that ain't gonna happen. It's just, it ain't, it ain't gonna do it. So anyway, Hector ends up going to the mom's restaurant and they end up having like, a conversation and we get a lot of tension between Hector and the mother, like a lot of like romantic tension. Like, honestly, that was one of my favorite parts of this movie was like the relationship between the mother and him. Cause I mean, he was friends with the father before the father died and he does kind of sort of blame himself for what happened to the father. But you can tell that the mother kind of like, she has sympathy for him and they just, they just really vibe. And I really like this coupling. Um, but yeah, like it, there's like a strong tension. I was like, I was here for it. I was like, yes, you better, you better reach over the counter and you better, you better get your girl and you better reach over the counter and get your man. Okay. Spill your coffee on him, whatever you got to do. Okay. So like I was here for this couple cause they, they were just cute. They were cute. They were cute. They were cute. Um, and so anyway, so yeah, we end up going and seeing more of TJ racing. He's getting better and better. And people are kind of like, you know, this is not like him. Like, why are you getting why are you getting better? You should, you shouldn't be getting better. And we start seeing that his old owner starts wanting to like basically get him back, sort of sabotage him. Um, 
because he just can't believe that like you know this is happening so he ends up working with the boy um B Moody ends up you know becoming his jockey which you know Corey's against and even Thunder Jam is against because like he's so showy he's a very show tunes kind of cowboy and we end up finding out actually that that cowboy in this movie B Moody is actually Tara, one of my favorite characters from Kingdom Hearts, he is the voice of Tara. He's also from the show Veronica Mars as well, but I didn't really watch Veronica Veronica Mars. But yeah, he's the voice of Tara, which I'm like, I love you. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you. Like, I love that he's in this movie. Um, So anyway, yeah, so... There's, again, there's a lot of romantic tension going back and forth between the mom. And you can even see that there's going to be, like, romantic tension sort of between Corey and uh, the cowboy who listens to all this music. He apparently listens to, like, a lot of bands and stuff, but you never, we never hear the bands in the movie. What he does do, though, is he ends up giving his headphones to um, Thunder Jam. And that ends up helping Thunder Jam win the races because part of, like, his, like, you know, reason for not wanting to get out of the starting gate, he hates the sound. And he gets very, I, I think, he like suffers from like anxiety or whatever on the uh on the track and the reason why the boy wears them is like he feels like he becomes one with the horse and the horse's movements when he has them on but it ends up working out better for for thunder jam than for him so that kind of becomes like their big like secret to basically winning a lot of things um we end up finding out that Thunder Jam is becoming such a big deal that he gets pulled into like this kind of gold rush derby um and like you know, Hector's kind of hesitant about it, and the uh, the old the his old owner does not want this to happen. He's like, no, I don't want this happening. And by this time in the movie, everyone's kind of like you know getting together. Everything's getting squared away. The you know the irritation with Corey and B Moody's kind of died down because they're they're more excited to race than anything else. And um, so what ends up happening is the. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Thunder, Thunder Jam's ex-owner ends up trying to burn down the stable that Thunder Jam is currently in. Um, lucky enough for Corey, she and uh, B. Moody decide, hey, like, you know, we need to, you know, we need to talk things out. And so B. Moody's kind of like, you know, I think you should be riding Thunder Jam, not me. It's your horse. You guys have a connection I can't understand, which he brings this up quite often in the movie. Um, but she ends up getting this feeling they need to go check on Thunder Jam, and they do, and there a fire breaks out. And B. Moody ends up ruining his hands while trying to save Thunderbird, or uh, Thunder Jam, Thunderbird, Thunder Jam, which ends up kind of like ruining his chances to obviously compete in the Derby. And so, you know, eventually what ends up happening is um, we finally get Corey to be the one to, to race Thunder Jam. Her mom ends up giving into it. Um, she ends up telling Hector and B. Moody, who are both like, yes, it should have been. I think it's B. Moody or Moody. I forgot his name, but him. Like, they end up telling um, both of them that, you know, she's going to be the new uh, rider for Thunder Jam. And she's so excited, of course. And yeah, so she finally gets to race her horse. Um, so we get to the big race. And again, it's, it's you know, Thunder Jam. He's going up against, I think, this one called Cyclone or whatever, like a, a horse that he's had to deal with before, who I think had involvement, like I think the horse, or at least the horse manager, had involvement in what happened to her father, something like that. But they have raced um, each other before. Thunder, Thunder Jam and this horse, I think it's Cyclone, have raced before, and I think Cyclone won. And so he's like trying to, you know, psych Thunderbird out or whatever, or Thunder Jam, Cyclone, Thunderbird, Thunderbird's in, in X Men, uh, Thunder Jam out, and. 
We find out that Thunder Jam can also not wear his headphones because that's technically cheating because it's an electronic device and they're not quite sure how it works. So they, you know, they tell him, hey, you can't use this device. So he ends up having to go into the race, you know, and he's doing a really bad job. It's the last race. He's doing a really bad job. And that's when B. Moody decides, okay, well, if he can't listen to it on the track, at least let me put it on the speaker. So they end up putting, you know, Thunder Jam's music on the speaker. It ends up, you know, really exciting him. And of course he wins the race and yay, it is a win for them. Um, and basically Corey ends up doing something in the beginning or doing something at the end that she said she was gonna do if she ever won money, uh, which is give her mom a nice house on a farm or a ranch or whatever, which she ends up doing. And she's, she ends up adopting more horses. It looks like B. Moody ends up becoming like a DJ on like the, the, like the ranch or whatever. And her, um, her mother, Sonia, and Hector ended up becoming, like, a couple. It's a very, very cute movie. Honestly, all in all, I really liked this film. I thought it was well done, well written. Um, I love the representation in this movie. Yes, I love to see my brown folks of color in this movie. And it was it was just, it was a good film. <laughs> it was a really cute movie. I would honestly watch that again. I liked the relationship between uh, Thunder Jam and uh, Corey. I loved Corey's relationship to B. Moody. I loved the relationship between both of them and Hector. I loved Hector's relationship to the mother, the grandmother, and the, the her little brother who's hardly in it. I like their relationships as well. I love that Sinbad is in this movie. At the end of the movie, like they're, the other horses that are not participating in the race are like kind of placing bets on who's going to win. It's, it's very cute. Um, yeah, it's a really good movie. If you guys have not seen this one, it is on Disney Plus. It's called Ready to Run. I would absolutely check that out. And now, you guys, let me take a sip of water because we're getting into the next one. Hey guys, welcome back. So now we are talking about the movie Quinn's. So, so excited. Okay, so now before I get into the whole movie, let's talk about the characters. So first, the movie stars Jamie, I think Garner, it's going to be Jane or Grover, Janie Grover, and she has parents named Jim and Nancy Grover. Um, I think Jim is like, I think Jim works at like a department store and the wife works at like some kind of like, I don't know, some office I don't know. Um, he has a teacher named Mr. Black Mirror. Um, she has two friends. Um, one is named, I believe, is it Zoe? Zoe, yes. And Brad. Um, and then she has the five babies, the five Quince babies, which I think I'll remember their names. I think it's Charlie. I think it's Adam. I think it's Debbie, Becky, and I'm forgetting the other little boy's name. Why am I forgetting his name? I don't remember his name. Oh, it's, um, okay, so it's Adam, Becky, Charlie, Debbie, and Eddie. Eddie is the last one. Okay, so now we have all the characters. And we there's also a character named Fiona and a character named, I think it's Albert or something like that. So we're going to get into this movie now. I just wanted to kind of give you the general characters. All right, so the movie starts off with Jamie kind of letting us know that she feels left out. Um, she thinks her parents... Uh, don't care for her now they have quince so basically she's kind of this is like the middle of the story kind of like with can of worms we're, we're not getting the whole full story we're getting like the middle um so anyway she ends up telling us you know that she feels left out we see a newspaper with her family on it but she's not involved and so she ends up taking us back to a time before the quince were born to see what her life was like she ends up showing us her life and it's very much um 
her focus. It's just her and her two parents, and they are both like don't need parents. There's pictures of her and the parents all over the house, especially her all over the fridge. And both parents are very pushy when it comes to her, like her goals and, and dreams and stuff for the future. Um, mind you, like they're not like super duper pushy, but they kind of are. They just want her to have a future, I guess, that they feel like they never really had. Um, we can see that both parents seem to have like struggles with with money financially and at work so i think both of them kind of appear like you know we want you to have the best at everything so you're not struggling like we've had to struggle it's it's very it kind of hit home close to home for me my dad was always very like adamant about me him wanting me to go to college for you know different reasons and having you know a, a, a better future making more you know financially so this movie really you know drives that point home that it's important to get into college it's important to you know basically kind of like make something of yourself I guess and so we get a lot of that from from Jamie they want her to go to like I think this like science school or whatever like a science program in this in this high school and Jamie she seems into it but she's not really into it her friend Brad who's who's from Degrassi he's uh he played Craig in Degrassi and he was in um mom's got a date with a vampire he was the friend that I thought was on drugs well his part's much bigger than this but he plays Jamie's best guy friend and he's very smart very very nerdy into science and stuff and he always wins like the ribbons and stuff but his parents are never there for him and so he kind of envies Jamie like she kind of you know she kind of envies his his smartness but he envies the fact that like her family is always there for her even if she doesn't win things she doesn't come in first place they're always there to support her where his family is just like never really there and then we have her friend zoe who i love she's from um a few disney decoms she's actually been in some of the most like she's been at least four which is xenon the sequel she ended up replacing raven as uh the character of um oh my god what is her name what is Raven's name in Xenon? What is her name? Nebula. Nebula. Um, so she's Nebula in Xenon the sequel. She's also the little girl from Color of Friendship. She's the main character besides the Lindsay girl's character. And then she's also in something else I'm not remembering. I think I wrote it down. Didn't I write it down that she's in like other things called a friendship xenon maybe i didn't there's something else i think she's been into but anyway so yeah that's her um and like she's she's an art club kid so she's always she's into art and that's where jamie meets her art teacher who's kind of like she's in his class but she's not taking it seriously and you know zoe's always telling her like you know you need to kind of like free your mind and just kind of do some different stuff you know you don't get graded on your art because it's so expressive and I have to say I like the teacher as well the, the art teacher he's very invested in Jamie and in the other kids and I just like the way that he I don't know I like the way the actor played his character I really liked his character quite a bit um let me see yeah so a lot of the moments in the film it's funny because like random things will happen and it's basically Jamie trying to make sure that the audience is paying attention to her I as a kid I kind of loved these moments because I was like there's all Atlantis you can tell they're not like real there are a few moments that make you kind of go like wait is that did that really happen or not but like I like that about this movie it's very Jamie's very a very self-aware character which I kind of like about her a lot um I've already kind of put this so yeah so Jamie ends up kind of 
investing more of her time into art class. And we start to see that she might have a passion for it, even though she's kind of afraid to go after it because her parents are so like, they really want her in this like science, like magnet school. And she's just kind of like, but what if that's not for me? But she doesn't really go against what they want because she knows how hard they work and they're so focused on like making a better future for Jamie. Um, So yeah, I think Jim is trying to get her like an internship at something. And then the wife is also trying to get her involved in things like they're like, Jim is the father. They're like constantly trying to get her to do things that she might not necessarily be interested in because they're so worried that she's not going to have like a, a bright future, I guess. It's, it's kind of weird but yeah at some point the film kind of gave me anxiety because of how much the, the parents were like like not aggressive but kind of aggressively like stressing Jamie out because you can tell Jamie's kind of like I'm only doing this because you guys want me to but whatever like so it there was a little bit of like anxiety just just a little bit I don't know um so I think again, I think there's like another science thing that Jamie and because Jamie's always going out for something in the school. She's always trying to win something uh, for the parents' approval, and like Brad just keeps like crushing her and things. And so she, again, she loses. Brad's parents are again a no show, and she's just kind of like you know, I, I just I feel bad for Brad. I really do. He tries so hard, but he even says that the grades and stuff are for him. They're not for anybody else. So he's kind of turned a corner with his his abandonment issues, which I think is great, but also very, very sad. I was hoping we would see some conflict resolution with that in this movie. Spoiler alert, we don't. We never get that. So it's it's just, it's it's sad. It's very, very sad. I was hoping we would get something for that, but we don't. Um, so yeah, so then we find out uh, the next day that Jamie's mother is really, 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 really pregnant. That's right, she's pregnant. And as soon as they say that she's pregnant, guess who comes into the film? Are you guys ready? Britney Spears. Now, now what you think? Not Britney physically, but her music. Her song Soda Pop actually plays over this film, which I love. And I remember watching this movie like about 10 years ago on Disney Channel, and they actually had taken her song Soda Pop off of the movie. I was so crushed because like, no, I know, like I knew growing up what scene that was, it, like the, the scene where the, the parents are like trying to fix up the baby's room for them to, to be born. So I knew exactly when that song played and when they like revamped the movie like 10 years ago, like they did it to all the Disney Channel original movies and they took her song out. I was crushed because I was like, no, like that's one of my favorite parts of this movie is the fact that Britney Spears sings on it. I love her song Soda Pop. It was featured on the Pokemon first movie soundtrack. Like this is just it's this is my childhood you can't do this to me so that's what happens so anyway the baby's rooms are all set up their their big room with the five beds is all set up and that's when the mom goes into labor so she ends up going into labor and of course you know the babies are about to come so yeah so the babies end up coming and um instantly they become famous in their town because no one in their town has had five you know had quintuplets before so obviously it's it's they've created like quite the media storm and this is kind of where we start to see like Jamie kind of being pushed in the background uh for a lot of different reasons so because there are five babies it's up to Jamie her mother and her father to take care of them even though they're on a very tight budget and they're on tight schedules because they have to work and Jamie goes to school so then that's when the mother decides that she's going to bring in this woman called Fiona and she's kind of this British woman who wants to take care of the kids she wants to kind of basically put them on like a schedule a clock make sure they're eating sleeping drinking whatever 
her all at the same time. Of course, Jamie's like, that's ludicrous. Their babies are going to do things at their own random pace. Like, what makes you think that you can just, like, you know, do that to them? So Fiona's very pushy. She ends up, like, pushing out Zoe, Jamie's best friend, out of the room and, like, pushing out Jamie until she realizes Jamie's, like, you know, one of them. Like, she's one of the family. And it kind of makes Jamie not want to be there. So it made Jamie, again, just focus more on our class because it gives her excuse to be away from her family who are like just freaking out over these babies. So she's able to kind of escape in her art class at the same time, do it without her parents judging her because if the parents knew what she was doing, they would be like, this is this is derailing you from going to this magnet science school. So maybe don't do that. So that was kind of cool. Like Fiona definitely just, just like help her out in a lot of ways in this movie. She also helps Jamie see them as like individuals instead of just the Quins, which happens, there's an argument about that later. So we'll get to that. Um, Let me see. So eventually in the film, you know, there's just, there's five babies. Obviously Fiona's one woman with no kids. She eventually decides I can't do this anymore. I'm too stressed out. I'm stressed to the max. I ha- She's not British. I think she's like, I think she's Irish or something. But anyway, she's like, ends, ends up saying like, I have to leave. I have to go. And they're like, no, please don't go. Cause without you, we really can't do this. Uh, Jamie ends up deciding that she'll take care of the kids, you know, while the parents are at work, but they kind of squashed that idea. But it was the thought that counts anyway. She was trying to help them out. And in comes a guy named Albert I think it's um Lensley I forgot his name in this movie but he actually like comes in the second Fiona leaves and fun fact about his character or him he's actually Jackal Johnson from the Cheetah Girls and he's also the voice of Zexion in Kingdom Hearts yep Kingdom Hearts again and he's also um the voice of Tuxedo Mask in the uh, American dub of this uh, of the Sailor Moon show back in the 90s, which, by the way, I did watch the newer Sailor Moon uh, two-part thing on Netflix. I have my thoughts on that. I will be I will be giving my thoughts on that pretty soon. But yeah, that that was a whole thing. So anyway, it's him, and he's basically like trying to um, kind of come in and swindle his way to the family he's he's trying to make them like a john and kate plus eight type situation long before john and kate plus eight was even a thing that's kind of what he was trying to do is like basically sensationalize the story of this town's five kids and push jamie out of the picture because obviously the parents have to be there the parents but jamie does not so he kind of sees jamie as like the unnecessary integer so this is the second time um that a stranger has come into their home and kind of made Jamie feel like she's not a part of anything. So she, again, is taking more of this frustration stuff out on her art. She's also kind of just irritated with her parents because her parents are just always on board with stuff that, you know, he wants, Albert wants to do. He's putting them in commercials. He's putting them on TV. And, you know, at one point, Jamie even gets involved with, with what they're doing, but she ends up being cast as like a dancing diaper. And, you know, Jamie's a teenager. She's not going to want to do that. So she's like, I want a different part. I'm not going to do this. And she just ends up quitting. So eventually, um, at some point, uh, Jamie kind of helps her parents realize that, you know, her kids, your kids are individuals. So she ends up switching all the kids and, uh, you know, the parents have to respond to which one is which and they get kind of upset with her. But she's like, look, the reason why I do this is because you guys only see them as a unit. You're not seeing them as five different individuals as, you know, she was taught from Fiona, which is like, you know, lumping them all together doesn't help you see the individual. And Jamie herself is feeling like she isn't being seen. So she's kind of understanding like, you know, where they're coming from, where, where, you know, the babies are kind of coming from she's also like uh 
the, the, the parents also have like these careers tapped out for what the kids are going to do with their lives and they're, they're going to take care of Jamie, you know, all this kind of stuff. And she just kind of like stop putting all these pressures on these kids to be something. They're going to be who they're going to be. Let them have their individuality. At the same time, that's what she's hoping that she gets from them too. So it's just, it's crazy. Um, so there ends up being an art show that, you know, her her teacher, Mr. Blackmere, really wants her to be a part of because she, her drawings are getting so much better. She's even putting a few of them inside the house now, but the parents are just not really realizing it. And she decides, okay, yeah, I guess I'll get involved in this art show. I have nothing else to do. Um, it ends up getting scheduled, I think, for a Saturday night. And so she's so excited. She ends up telling her parents. The parents are so excited. They want to go and be, and be supportive of her. And just when that happens, um, it looks like... <sighs> Janie's art show is also going to be the same night as her parents being honored by, I believe, the mayor or the governor. Um, And so obviously the parents have to choose between her art show and between meeting the governor or the mayor or whatever. They choose to meet the governor slash mayor or whatever. And of course, Jamie gets so butthurt about that. She ends up going to to school, ripping up her her art project and just like ruining it for herself and deciding she's not going to go. She's the one who attends. She's going to stay home with the Quince because the parents are going to that banquet or whatever. And she blames Albert for all of it. And she's just really upset, which is rightfully so for her. Um, at some point before the, the, the big, uh, dinner happens um it looks like one of the babies ends up getting sick baby adam gets sick and you know it kind of mellows everybody out for a moment like you know jamie's kind of like i need to tell you guys how i feel about everything you're you're not treating these kids as equal as you know as individuals i also don't feel like i'm being seen either you're not listening to me this this media stuff is ruining our family and that's kind of when the parents sort of start to snap out of what's going on they end up firing albert because they feel like he's just become a nuisance which he kind of has um, and they end up telling Jamie, like, we support you, blah, blah, blah. And Jamie's like, I support you as well. You guys should go to this dinner. You know, you're going to meet the mayor, the governor, whoever, and it's going to be fine. Um, so they end up going to the, to the, the dinner and it's Don Knotts. He was in the show. Uh, oh God, what is that show called? The Andy Griffith Show. He's also done like the Apple Dumpling Gang movies for Disney. He's been in a lot of different things. Um, over the years. And so, yeah, he was, he plays the, the mayor or the governor in this. And he was expecting the parents to bring the babies. This is a Saturday night event, the same night as, as Jamie's uh, art show. So he was hoping the parents would bring the babies. They did not bring the babies. Um, and that's when Jamie's art teacher, art teacher and her friend showed to her house. And like, hey, you need to come to the art show. People really want to meet you there. Let's go. And she's like, well, I can't go without the quince. I need the babies. So they decide to load up the babies. Then they also decide to go and like show the parents some support and some love because the parents are feeling really nervous at the banquet and it turns out that the governor or slash mayor whatever he is wants to meet the babies and was upset that they didn't end up showing up so the teacher's car ends up breaking down and Jamie's like okay well how are we going to get to this place if we don't we got to get there somehow so they decided to take the subway so the three kids and the five babies take the subway by themselves and they end up meeting like a gang of bikers which didn't make any sense to me the bikers end up kind of taking them the rest of the way to the banquet or whatever and so they can meet the mayor slash governor whatever he is they take a picture with him and then jamie's like okay now that you guys have the babies here we're gonna bounce we have an art show to get to they end up going to the art show um the secret service i think ends up taking them or what whoever takes them i can't remember and then um jamie ends up going she ends up winning first prize because of her like amazing art display she finally wins something um note that she finally (laughs) 
<laughs> Note that Adam has beat her and uh, Brad has beat her in everything, but Zoe, Zoe doesn't get a win. Zoe is like the queen of our club, basically. She's the reason why, you know, uh, um, Jamie's even in our club and she loses. So, of course, Jamie got to lose. The black girl got to lose. I said, I don't care. She got to lose. No, I'm kidding. So she loses. Um, but Jamie ends up winning. And it's, it's one of those moments where Jamie's like trying to psych us out or so we think, but it's not. She actually does win. And the Quint and her parents and the mayor or governor, whatever he is, shows up to the party because they'd rather be there than be at a boring, dull old banquet. And they want to show their support for Jamie. So and super cute. By the end of the film, everything is good. Jamie and her family kind of have rekindled their relationship. The Quints are five babies being five babies. Her friends are great. And it just, it just works out very well for Jamie. She ends up realizing that she has a knack for, a knack for uh, art and the parents are totally on board with that. So really, really cool. I have to say, I love this movie. I've loved Quint since I was a kid. So it is another like instant Disney decom, just classic. So these are two really good films I would recommend. You can watch both on Disney Plus right now. That is going to be Ready to Run and the movie Quince. Taking my last drink of water because I am thirsty. All right, you guys, that is going to be the end of this one. I'm going to get into more decoms as we go. I think I have another like double header that I plan on doing pretty soon. I'm going to do some that are just like one offs. If I feel like the movie's long enough for me to talk about or interesting enough for me to talk about these two movies had a lot of really cool stuff in them. So I do recommend you guys watching both. Uh, by the way, Quinn stars Kimberly J. Brown. You guys all know her from Halloween Town. She is Marnie. She did this movie between Halloween Town one and two. She's like did it right smack in the middle of those two films. All right, guys, I'll see you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day, morning, uh, night evening afternoon whatever you're listening to this i'll see you guys next time peace